0: We have our last two children's letters to God, seeing that this is our last Sunday in this sermon series. The first one is from Charles. Dear God, I do not think anybody could be a better God. Well, I just want you to know, but I am not just saying that because you are God. (laughs) And the second one is from Jenny. Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There is nothing good in there now. (laughs) World Communion Sunday. It's rather fitting that our Mind Your Manners theme is today. So often for our children, it's when we're about to sit down and join in a meal with someone that we're told, mind your manners. There's so much to watch for at a table too. Don't put your elbows on the table. Don't have your knees up at the table. Use your napkin, pass the food, say please, say thank you. If you don't like it the way that it looks or smells or tastes, don't tell anyone. Don't talk with your mouth full. Use your fork, wipe your mouth, chew with your mouth closed. Don't blow bubbles in your chocolate milk. Don't play with your food. Eat your vegetables. Don't give your food to the dog. No toys at the table, no electronics either. And certainly, please don't belch at the table. (laughs) It's a wonder that our children are actually able to get any food into their bodies from all the rules that we constantly give them. So many things for them to keep track of. And how do we wrap it up nice and tidy and neat with a little bow for our children? By simply stating, mind your manners. All of these things that you've been taught, remember them. It's how you're expected to act. We had two scriptures this morning. The short message, one was a short message from Jesus, and that short two verses that he read about Jesus overturning the tables. That fits in with our Are You Kidding theme. And the longer one that Andy read first, that one kind of summarizes all that this series has taught us. As we've learned to become like a child, to play fair, to be kind, to say please and thank you, to share and share alike, to say nice things, and now to mind our manners. Our story from Jesus this morning takes place at the temple. This is their place of worship. It would be like our sanctuary is today. This is the place, this temple, that everyone is welcome, male or female, slave or free, rich or poor, Jew or Gentile, from another country or straight here in the area, it's a place where all are welcome. And it was believed that when all people weren't welcome into the temple, that God was no longer in the temple. Now Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote this in what is entitled Letters and Papers from Prison. Um, this quote I'm about to read is about churches not being welcoming and injustices that were done throughout communities during the time the Nazis were in rule. Because during this time, in case any of you have forgotten this throughout your history lessons, um, many Nazis were transported to concentration camps, executed and cremated. They cremated millions of Jews, gays, Gypsies, communists, political uh, dissenters, anyone that was to go against what they thought was right. This is what he wrote. Our church, which has been fighting in these years only for its own self-preservation, as though that were an end in itself, is not capable of taking the word of reconciliation and redemption to mankind and to our world. Our words, then, are bound to lose their force and cease to lose us. And our being Christians today will be limited in two things, both prayer and righteous action. Those words, while they were written long ago, fit our theme of World Communion Sunday, fit our theme of what it is that we Hope to accomplish in this day, all around the world, trying to recognize different people, different ethnicities, different cultures, making sure that those injustices across those lines are diminished, that we recognize people, that we see them, that they know that all are welcome at Christ's table. Now, during this time of injustice for Bonhoeffer, the Nazis. We're doing all of this, and Christians were not speaking out on any of these injustices. Churches saw the injustices, and they simply did nothing. And by doing nothing, the churches were no longer places for all people to be welcome. This church was no longer a place for prayer or sanctuary. Whenever God is, other people are not welcome, God is also not welcome. And that's something that we don't always say and we don't always fully understand. Now, some people look at what Jesus did and they say, why would he have done that? They look into what culture was in that time and they see that people selling doves are in a good location for the church members that were there. It was custom to sacrifice doves Within the church, it's certain events in one's life, including huge monumental celebrations like the birth of a family member. Now, you can still read about this custom in Leviticus about five different times and even in the Gospel of Luke. But setting up close to the temple was a good location for these Christians. And the money changers, they were needed also for these Christians. Because if you were traveling and you didn't have the right currency to pay your alms, to give your offering, a lot of people wouldn't go. And so this, this allowed people to go. And so why would Jesus be against these small businesses being right outside the temple, these that were there to benefit the Christians that were attending That's where I think people don't fully understand Jesus. Because I don't think that Jesus turning over the tables had anything to do with the businesses themselves, but more about the temple. The temple wasn't truly a place where all could be welcome if you couldn't fully go through the acts of being church without having the proper money, without having these material goods, then the church was not being church. The church was not being welcomed. In order for a church to be places where all are welcome, we must make room for all and not make rules that exclude others. Years ago... Shortly after we arrived in Norwalk, we had a visitor during one of our Maundy Thursday services tell us that we we at our church say all are welcome, and we say that all are welcome at Christ's table, but we didn't have communion elements available for that person to eat, and that person wasn't really welcome at this table. If this person had not spoken up about this injustice that we were doing, we would not have thought about it. It would not have crossed our minds. But because that person spoke up, we also found that there were others within the church needing that same, meeting that same circumstance. <laughs> and others needing similar circumstances. And so now we offer gluten-free bread, gluten-free wafers, as well as water cups at Christ's table so that all can truly be welcome and all can partake. Now, our recent injustice at the table is different than that that Bonhoeffer witnessed. But nonetheless, these are injustices. And our church as a whole has a lot of confessing that needs to be happening, a lot of lamenting that needs to take place, and a lot of reconciliation to do. On this World Communion Sunday, we have a time to do each of these. At 1 p.m. today, at Gray's Lake, rain or shine, underneath that shelter, in the rain, so bring your umbrellas, there's going to be a 20-minute service. I put 1 to 1.30 on the back of your bulletins because I know you. If you show up, we will talk, and it will be 1.30 before we leave. But it's a 20-minute service in which we will sit there and we will confess these injustices that go on all around us every day, many of which we don't realize or recognize until they're pointed out to us. And then we will lament those after we confess them. And we go from there, not thinking, okay, we've done our good deed and that's it. We go from there then with this knowledge that this is around us and that we need to be aware of it. And we go out and whenever we see that injustice, we speak up. We speak up for the people that are being hurt. We speak up for the ones that haven't realized that this is an injustice yet. And we speak up to those that are there witnessing this injustice, but haven't found their own voice yet to have in the conversation. As we come to the table today, we will have another chance to meet one more of these needs. And that's the reconciliation need. Now our reconciliation offering, as Travis was mentioning, goes and does remarkable things, some in training and education for how reconciliation can happen. Other times it gives grant money to operations that are already going on within churches, like the two that he mentioned from our church that received grants recently. It gives to people that are actually going out and doing this kind of work. These are healing moments. Outside of these walls, we have these opportunities every day. We will mind our manners, which means we will make sure that all are welcome in this space and at this table We will make sure that all know that they are welcome on this earth because we, we were put here by God. All of us, not just Iowans, not just Americans, all of us were put here and all are made beautiful and wonderful. And we will join in this World Communion Sunday with brothers and sisters around the world and many different physical tables with many different loaves of bread, with many cups of wine, proclaiming Christ as our host. And that's where we find